the government said quite recently that the next CEO would be signing what they say would be a standard employment contract for that level. So one would expect to have very similar terms to CEOs, uh, certainly around the British Isles, and one would expect that there wouldn't be this wiggle room to allow the uh, the CEO to effectively negotiate their own terms, which was highlighted and criticised by the Comptroller and Auditor General. That was Julian Morell, and I'm news editor of Bailiwick Express, Fiona Potany. The Government of Jersey is set to welcome its first ever female CEO next year. Belfast City Council head Suzanne Wiley has been chosen as the preferred candidate for the £250,000 a year role in a move the Chief Minister says sends a really strong message that the island's government is serious about diversity. It's a position that will see her lead a diverse workforce of 7,000 employees, ranging from doctors to teachers, waste plant workers, policy advisors and planners, carrying a 420 million wage bill. If that wasn't challenging enough, there's the pandemic fallout, Brexit, a recent report revealing widespread culture issues in the civil service, including bullying and harassment, and a goal of achieving carbon neutrality in Jersey by 2030. But perhaps one of the biggest challenges will be getting the support of our elected representatives. States' members have already raised questions about why, yet again, a non-local candidate is taking the top spot and queried whether the appointment process for senior figures is good enough. So concerned was one politician that he launched a bid to delay recruitment until after next June's election in a move that could have blocked Ms Wiley's ascent into the top role. But that plan came to an abrupt halt this week amid a threat of legal action from the Solicitor-General. I spoke to reporter Julia Morrell about Ms Wiley, the challenge to her appointment and what hurdles she might face in future. So who is our new CEO and what do we know about her so far? Well, her name is Susan Wiley and she is currently the the chief executive of Belfast City Council. Um, She's been working for the council um, for all of her working life and she became uh, chief executive, the city's first uh, female chief executive in 2014. So as I said, she, uh, she's uh, been there entire life. She's Belfast born and bred. Um, after school, she went to um, Ulster University uh, and then went into the council working first um, as an environmental health officer. So that's her background. And she did that for um, around 15 years. And she's risen up the ranks. Um, her job previous to becoming the CEO uh, was as director of health and environmental services. Now she's in charge of about two hundred, uh, sorry, two and a half thousand people at the city council. Um, she reports to sixty councillors um, who represent eight political parties within the city, um, and she's generally been well praised for her work. Um, a report in the Belfast Telegraph, which which revealed this, said that um, she was hardworking, polite, courteous and achieved what can be a difficult role in Belfast, which is to bring all sides of the community working together with a common purpose. So she does come highly recommended. So coming over to Jersey then, what challenges might she be stepping into and and how might these experiences assist her in that? Well, um, in terms of her experience, some of the things she's done in Belfast actually um, mirror the sort of work going on here actually. So for instance, as city chief she has consolidated a number of officers 
of um, physical offices of the council and overseeing the building of a new central office block for the city council. So that obviously mirrors what's going on here with the consolidation within the uh, what will be the new Cyril Lamarckor house, if that's what they decide to call it. Um, but uh, she's also um, she's also uh, de uh, developed. Uh, she's um, uh, she's brought in efficiencies, and that's one thing that will be important in Jersey, um, particularly as we continue this um, effort to save a hundred million pounds over four years, which the government has pledged to do. Um, she certainly is uh, adept at managing diversity in different sides, uh, but she's got a job on her hands because, as we know. Um, following the departure of the last full-time chief executive. Um, there's been reports of low morale, high staff turnover, and a general um, anxiety within the civil service caused by change, caused by personality, perhaps. And uh, in some ways, you'll be expected to uh, to not only continue the, the positive work that has been gone on before, perhaps dispense with that which is less positive and also uh, introduce a sense of, of, of uh, common belief, a sense of morale boosting efforts within the civil service. So, um, yeah, she's going to have her work cut out for her, but I'm sure for the £250,000 a year job, which is considerably more than the 142 thereabouts plus pension that she was on, She's stepping up both in terms of pay, she's stepping up in terms of the scale of the organisation. Um, so she'll, she will expect to, expect to be busy. The good thing is, is um, in reviewing some of the interviews she's given in the past in Belfast, she prides herself in being very hardworking uh, and being very diligent. So I'm sure those attributes will, will put her in good stead. This week, she came very close to potentially not becoming the new CEO. What's happened there? Yes, that's a that's an interesting question. So the the timeline is that uh, she was interviewed in around May for the job. the uh, the The job itself was advertised in March, and uh, a round of interviews, both the sh uh, you know a long list and then a short list. And around the end of July, um, the uh, the Jersey Appointments Commission who oversees this in liaison with the State's Employment Board, which is the uh, the official employer of, of, of the civil service, they came to the conclusion she was the, the best candidate who had applied for the job. And so they they offered it to her in, in late July. Um, and the heads of terms, which is a HR speak for a broad agreement, was, was, uh, was reached. And the last point between the, the, the formal announcement was the signing of the contract. However, before that actually happened, before... Miss Wiley put her pen to paper. Uh, a proposition was lodged by uh, Deputy Kirsten Morrell um, to delay the recruitment of the next CEO until after next June's election. Now, in terms of the employment process, that put a significant spanner in the work. So what the government decided to do was hold off on the contract signing until this debate happened. And that happened this week. And what were the reasons for wanting to delay her appointment until elections? Well, I think we could have a separate pod and probably lasting a number of hours on the, the, the Charlie Parker years. And uh, one of the uh, what, what, one of many observation stroke criticisms was um, that the, the process of recruitment and also his departure 
was indeed controversial and in fact um, a lot of people argue was the wrong process and of course remember um, at the very outset um, the uh, appointment of, of Charlie Parker back in uh, 2017 was made by the previous Council of Ministers where there's a general assumption it was hoped that the that Senator Ingorst would become the next chief minister and and work closely with the CEO that he had selected and of course that didn't come to pass and the people are saying then perhaps that one of the problems was that you had you didn't have the the right uh, the right chemistry between the chief minister and the chief executive which is obviously important um, and so aligning the new council of ministers with a new C chief executive deputy morrell argued was an obvious thing to do without politicizing it it just it was the best way to getting the right fit and were there any concerns about the appointments process itself yes well that's the thing as well because um, after um, Mr. Parker, um, he, he, he handed his resignation and left, um, there was uh, a lot of, first of all, there was, there was a, a lot of surprise, but then there was a lot of uh, information that came to pass in terms of uh, his contract. Um, there had been a number of what we call side letters signed, which were effectively added perks that weren't part of the articles of his contract. Uh, and then also there was the news that uh, that came out that he had received a payoff um, after his departure of a half a million pounds. A lot of people thought this wasn't right. So the, the government's own watchdog, the controller on order to general, um, she wrote a report into the whole recruitment process of the uh, CEO and has made a number of recommendations. Now, what uh, what Deputy Morrell's main concern was, or one of those concerns, was actually the government um, haven't implemented the recommendations that the Controller and Auditor General made. Therefore, the recruitment process shouldn't go on un unless, until the the lessons of the past have been learned and implemented. And it doesn't seem as though, although the government say, yes, lessons have been learned, there's no report or there's no there's no mechanism that they've actually produced which formally implements or even comments on the recommendations of that uh, that controller and Auditor general report okay so on wednesday this week deputy morrell had the chance to present all of those arguments and it was there was due to be a vote as to whether or not the ceo recruitment process is delayed until after the elections but as we know he decided to withdraw it why was that yes that's right he withdrew it after a a, a very clear and unambiguous uh, response to a question which he posed to the solicitor general who is um, one of the uh, government's senior and the assembly's senior legal advisors and um, of course uh, since um, deputy morrell lodged his proposition it became uh, it became clear that a preferred candidate had been identified um, therefore um, a recruitment process had been followed now in an effort to depoliticize the recruitment of the CEO, the government decided to enshrine it in its employment law. So there is a, an article 26AA within the um, the state's employment law, which gives a, a, a clear set of a clear process 
of how a CEO should be um, should be appointed. That is a that is enshrined in law. It's a legal requirement. So what the Solicitor General said was the uh, the state's employment board, the state's employer, along with the uh, Jersey Employments Commission, have applied the, the the terms of that law. They've 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 applied the law. Therefore, um, and, and making an offer, even though a contract hasn't been signed, making an offer, identifying a candidate and making an offer to, to that person is part of that legal process. And as far as he could tell, it had been followed to the letter of the law. Therefore, for a, an assembly, albeit a democratically elected sovereign power, to judge that that employment should not happen um, because it should be delayed till after the June election would break the law. Uh, therefore, the, 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 the proposition, even if it was passed by the Assembly, they think that's a good idea, it should be delayed. Of course, the next stage would be the SEB, the Estates Employment Board, implementing that law. So if it chose to adopt the will of the Assembly, uh, the, the Solicitor General said, actually, you, you, in my opinion, you would be breaking the law. Therefore, uh, anyone could um, be, or the SCB could be exposed to judicial review in the Royal Court. And after that, there could be penalties. And of course, we know that in, over the last few years, the government have been embroiled in a number of employment disputes within the law. And it can be, it can be painful and costly for both sides. Um, so... Deputy Morell saw, after hearing that crystal clear advice, um, thought it best uh, reluctantly to withdraw his proposition. He still took the opportunity to raise concerns about the employment process, about the constitution and relationship of the SEB with the Jersey Employments Commission, with the states. And he said it was another example of the assembly, the elected members, feeling powerless vis-a-vis -vis the government. So he still managed to get his point across, but the actual delaying mechanism that he proposed failed. Therefore, what's likely, and we haven't heard an announcement yet, but what's likely to happen now is that if she still wants a job, and I'm sure the government hopes she does, uh, Miss Wiley will sign her contract and there'll be some form of formal announcement. If she does accept it, um, she will start the job in March next year um, because the the interim CEO, Paul Martin, who was appointed in March, signed a 12-month contract. Uh, therefore, that will finish then. I suspect there will be, uh, before that time, there will be some uh, crossover period for her to shadow the interim. It's probably not ideal. You know, it's, uh, it's someone who's still learning the ropes, teaching someone who's learning the ropes. But that's the way it is. And I'm sure there'll be lots of other civil servants to, uh, to, to guide her through the, uh, through the initial early days. And while we aren't privy to the discussions over her final contract, what salary or perks might we expect? What have we seen in the past? Well, what we've seen in the past probably won't happen in the future. So we've already talked about the previous full-time CEO, Mr. Parker's contract, which was effectively, there were elements of it that he was about uh, able to negotiate himself. For instance, elements said that his performance appraisals can only be uh, can only be carried out by someone which he approved and had worked with in the past. Um, there was also extra holidays, and we also know about the um, the, uh, the 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 residency uh, which he he never took up, but there was part of, of the contract which would allow him to 
to take up residency. The um, the government said quite recently that uh, they w- it was quite clear that Miss um, Wiley, the next CEO, would be signing what they say would be a standard employment contract, um, obviously for that level. So one would expect it would to have very similar terms to CEOs um, around, uh, certainly around the British Isles, and one would expect that there wouldn't be this wiggle room to allow the uh, the CEO to effectively negotiate their own terms, which was highlighted and criticised by the Comptroller and Auditor General. Julia Morell, thank you very much. Thanks for tuning into this week's Bailiwick podcast. For all the latest updates on this evolving story, please visit bailiwickexpress.com. If you've enjoyed this pod, don't forget to like and share. It all helps. The intro and outro music is I Shift My Weight by Luno. More next week from me, Fiona Potany, and the Bailiwick Express team. (laughs) 